Hello, everyone. Welcome back. It's the Mother All Podcasts. You, yeah, it, yes, we gave birth to every other podcast. It's the Philosopher's Stone podcast. Um, fun play, little play on the Harry Potter name. If you haven't picked up on that yet, um, so it is a philosophy podcast, not a Harry Potter podcast. I think we probably disappointed a lot of people. Actually, <laughs> now that I think about it. That have found this podcast and said, yes, finally, a Harry Potter podcast. And yet, I don't think we've mentioned him once until this exact moment. What do you think about that, Sam? Well, like, I mean, A, Philosopher's Stone, or Philosopher's Stone is not a Harry Potter term. It predates Harry Potter. Try telling um, that to a Harry Potter fan, all right? Just try <laughs> it. Uh, and, and B, I think if they just search for Harry Potter podcast, they'd find a podcast called Harry Potter podcast. (coughs) You're right. They would. Yeah. Sorry. My volume. I feel like my volume. I'm blowing everyone away here. Okay. How's that? All right. Is that better? Okay. I think I'm good now. Um, (laughs) We laughed at I just laughed just because they were laughing. (laughs) Yeah. That's the beauty of them. You know, the power of a laugh track is not, is very, I think, like, I think people didn't don't realize how much that influenced how funny they think something was until they kind of went out of favor. Isn't it funny that they don't make any, like, comedy television that uses a laugh track anymore? It's such a weird cool. thing to even think about that it, it was a standard for a long time. I mean, I, I always thought the laugh track was just the recording of the live audience laughing. I always, that's what I thought it was watching the show. Like I had no idea it wasn't, it was just like a literal, a recording of people laughing that they edited into it after. Yeah. I guess it comes from like, I mean, I think it started out like that. I think Seinfeld was filmed in front of a live audience. Yeah. Seinfeld was. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of the popular ones are not. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's really kind of psychological. It's psychological manipulation because you might not laugh if you didn't hear other people laughing. That's why live comedy is so much more fun to see than watching it on on Netflix or whatever. Yeah, they're they're like hacking your uh, primate response to mirror people. And like, I mean, have you ever watched some of these like Big Bang Theory or whatever with that where they take out the laugh track and it's like really difficult to figure out where you're actually supposed to laugh. Yeah, it's it's weird. It feels really, really off-putting. It feels really off watching those shows with the laugh track turned off. Yeah, it Very is. Weird. And they would, they get it down to like individual laughs of individual That's what people. I, I was literally. I don't know put if we like talked one about this. person. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if I, we talked about this on the podcast, but I was going to try and write a joke about this. Is about whose job was it to decide what level of laughter each punchline deserved when they're making the show. <laughs> like there was someone in a room. I was like, that's a one. That's a four. That's a three, seven. And then you get like one, you, get, you have to use one ten per episode, you know? Oh, man. What, wasn't uh, friends in front of a live audience? Yeah, I think that they stopped doing it like, because that was like the first kind of generation of those type of sitcoms, right? Like Seinfeld, right. Friends, Frasier, Cheers. Yeah, Frasier's uh, coming back apparently. Is it? I've never watched it. No, I've never seen it. I've heard very mixed reviews about it. Yeah. But I watch I Seinfeld know. still. Actually, I've been watching Seinfeld and Friends. Like those two shows are like people's comfort blankets, man. Like people yeah. just slap that on and <laughs> just have it on. Uh, but I hadn't, yeah. I hadn't watched Friends myself until like this year, essentially, um, for more than like one episode. And I can see how it is comforting. You know, you're a lonely person. You don't have any friends of your own, <laughs> let alone freaking good looking ones, you know. So it's, it's just a fantasy. Uh, but yeah, Seinfeld to me is much, much more uh, straight up comedy, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I, I've seen some Friends episodes, and they they have some good writing in them, but there's just so much. It's they like, do have good jokes in Friends, yeah. but they 
they don't they're not as like they're not as pure comedy like like really like fucking funny no no they play a lot more into the sitcom or or sorry yeah. into like the, the relationships and stuff i'd say seinfeld is straight funny friends is like a mixture of charming and funny yeah yeah, they're like they're fucking each other and getting pregnant and stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's much more of a like <laughs> a more plot. That, there's an overarching. Yeah, they're more than friends. That's what the the that's what the spinoff is going to be called. <laughs> friends with benefits. <laughs> it's just Chandler or what's his face. You know what I find funny of that about that show? And I, maybe they made up an excuse about this in the show when I wasn't paying attention. But one of the characters, Ross, has a full-on child the whole time, and you fucking never see him. He's just too what? busy getting up with the shenanigans with oh, his yeah. adult friends. Oh, that's. I guess he, he only mentions him. Like he just mentions. No, him you do see stuff. him in the earlier seasons when he's a kid, and there's like a whole right. arc where they where his ex is pregnant with him and whatever. But like uh, after that. I think they like move away, like the mom moves away and then takes the kid. And he's just like, he just never talks about his kid ever <laughs> in the later seasons. <laughs> just a deadbeat dad. Yeah. Anyways, I'm sure every single critique or joke about that show has been made a thousand times over at this point. What's going on in your life? Um, Let me um, think. I got a nice fall coat at Valley Village for 20 bucks. Um, I was pretty stoked about that. Nice. Like a fall brand coat. new brand new like fall coat. Yeah. Like a tweed kind of jacket. Nice. I don't know how to describe it. It's nice. I but bought uh, one time I bought a coat from Winners, I think. And it turned out and it, I bought it for like, I don't know, 80 bucks or whatever. And then it turned out that that type of I was at work and someone saw the coat and was like, these are actually worth like a lot of money. Like these are that's like a high end coat. It's called like an oil skin coat or something. And then I looked up the brand and it was like worth three to five hundred bucks. So I truly was a winner that day. Do you have to like apply oil to it or something? No, it's just like the more you wear it, the more it picks up this kind of oily texture on it. It's it, think of like a really yeah, like that's warm. Your, uh, that's your because you're not like cleaning yourself, probably. <laughs> no, no, the oil's on the outside. It's supposed oh, to be right. like take on this like kind of uh, like you have to wear it in, sort of thing. Like over time oh, is when right. it, it's like an that's, old bat, like a like a. It's an old style mat. product. Made to All right. A catcher's mitt, yeah. Except for I don't have to like rub oil on it. There's just like latent oil in there. Although my wife put Weird. it through the wash and that kind of went away. So I don't know. Maybe it's half as valuable uh, as it once was. Yeah, it's probably worthless now. But it still fits good. Still feels good. Okay, there you go. Worst case scenario, I dunk it in oil. <laughs> um, what else in my life? Um, I saw Saw 10. Arguably uh, the the, uh, the best saw since Saw One. That's crazy to have. Like I d- I've heard that same uh, review of it that it is the best one since the first one. So I'm I'm definitely gonna watch it. Yeah, it's good. Like for a low budget, like I don't know if it was low, but it looks like like Saw One. It looks like they they embrace the spirit of like filming in a single location in a single room kind of thing. Yeah, um, that's what made it cool. Yeah, so they they sort of go go. I haven't seen two through nine, <laughs> so I don't know what happens. <laughs> I've seen a handful here and there. Uh, the none of them are. I think two, because the first one was made by the obviously the people that came up with it, and then none of the rest of them were made by that guy. So that's kind of why they're James Wan. I think. I think. Don't you know? Don't quote me. That's on that, James I, James motherfucking Wan. So did he do more than one? I think he only did the first um, one. Hold on, let's Google this 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 shit. This shit. Saw one, two thousand four. Tobin Bell as John Kramer. Two thousand four American horror film directed by James Wan in his feature directorial debut. Holy God. fuck! That he guy is so it. talented. Smashed out of his park. Yeah, that's one of the. Oh man, you the if you look up the uh, I I gotta look up the box office mojo for Saw One. 
It's insane. Uh, as far as like gross profit, um, yeah, like the uh, like the budget and then how much it made. So the budget, oh wow, budget for Saw One a million dollars. Uh huh. <laughs> That's wild. Opening, it made eighteen million. Wow, it was excellent. Worldwide, I, that yeah. movie, like I watched it way too young. Yeah. I was not prepared for that. That was absolutely rocked me to my core. Yeah. The ending, yeah, like I, the horror I felt at the ending, the like reveal or whatever was, was probably one of the most shocked I've ever been watching a movie. Oh, the big reveal at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I had it spoiled to me, unfortunately, but. Ah, that sucks. Yeah. yeah I watched it with uh, a buddy. Uh, Back in the days when you were having sleepovers and we were both like, holy shit, that was insane. That was insane. And he's like, yeah. oh, I'm not, I'm not sleeping all night. I'm like, me neither. And then he immediately fucking fell asleep and I was up. I don't think I slept <laughs> for like three weeks after that first viewing. Wow. But as an adult, I can look back and say that is a masterpiece of that genre of horror. Yep. Budget $1 million. And then uh, in 10 weeks, it grossed $100 million worldwide. That's probably why he didn't bother making another one. He's like, I'm going, I'm, I'm retiring. I'm done. Did he Man, make any of the still, other ones? Um, let me look it up. Uh, James Wan. Saw three. He did he Saw, made Saw three. three. I don't remember that one. Seen. But he probably most still. recently made, uh, he's known for, I guess, damn. Damn. Look, this guy is such a legend of horror already. The Conjuring, Insidious, uh, The Conjuring 2, The Nun, Annabelle Comes Home, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, Malignant, Magnet, Megan. Damn. I heard Megan's like, pretty it's good. so many. Yeah, Megan was great. I saw Megan. It was great. Malignant is great, too. Malignant's crazy. Is that crazy. the one where they're running backwards the whole time? Yeah. Yeah. That one, that one made me laugh so hard. Yeah, See, that was that's a great the one. thing is a lot of people, like even those ones, like a lot of people, it's hard to keep me in the horror mode and not switch to comedy. Like it, it, that's like the thing that happens to me with most horrors is that it'll start off scary. And then at some point it just veers off the tracks into more of a comedy for me. Right. It's like, very yeah. rare where I really, really do feel a sense of like, this is terrifying for the whole film. Yeah, it, it, they need it. Uh, unless they find ways to manage like tension and make you dread like what's going to happen. If they burn you out too early, then you're not scared of anything for the rest of the movie. Yeah, and, and they like, can't. If there's a monster or a demon, or th they really do have to save essentially one big, they have one big hit they can put in the movie where it's like, yes. this is where everything's on the table. Um, but if, yeah, you're you right. Keep, if they do that too early, early, then the rest yeah. of the movie, you're like, all right, well, that's about, that's where it is. That's the, that's the peak of what's going to happen here. Yeah. Yeah. They got to keep, keep changing the rules. Um, Malignant is a good example of that because you never really, what you're supposed to be afraid of keeps changing throughout the movie. You're not, you're never sure what exactly is, is going on. Yeah. Um, that's why I like it. When the, if there's a twist or a big happening, it has to happen like literally at the very end of the movie for me or else I'm yeah. out. I yeah. watched, uh, I wanted to say say hi to me, but it's called speak to me. I think talk to me. Oh yeah. Talk to me. That was great. That was I great thought one. it was decent. I felt like it could have gone down way more terrifying paths than it did. Like I was like really yeah. excited for like when the first setup happened, when the setup happened and I was like, this movie could end up being so fucking scary. And then they kind of didn't go the direction I was hoping. And I was a bit disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, well, those are all good, good horror movies. Yeah, to check Still out. Top, this, top this two, top three, probably for me are Saw One. Yeah, uh, Hereditary. Oh, and The Ritual. Oh wow! All right, 
Nice. Good picks. Those are all great. Hereditary probably being the most scared I've been as an adult watching a movie. Wow. I didn't find Hereditary that scary at all. I found it just really weird. Really? I found found it very, like, maybe, like, disturbing, yeah, it was a better word for it, I would say. But I felt... I felt a very like my my mind was completely uncomfortable the entire time. And I think a lot of that is based mainly on like the family dynamics and so many movies I try try to like replicate that now. I feel like there's always got to be some like backstory that affects it um that you slowly get like learn about. Hereditary did it great. I really liked the in the ritual the how they tied into the like incident at the beginning of the movie and how it affects them all throughout the end, as far as like the regret, the guy feels. Oh yeah. That was, that was good. I like the resentment that his friends start revealing that they've had for him since then, but have been like keeping under wraps. One sec. I got this freaking cat out. This cat is, is out of the bag. This cat is running amok in this, all over this podcast. It's in the soundboard. Sorry. It's in the... Okay. okay. Uh, anyways, shall we move on? Do we have something you want to talk about this week? Something. Yeah. I mean, speaking, speaking, not of controversial. <laughs> no, I thought we could do something very controversial. Okay. I think I know what you're going to talk about because that's all anyone's <laughs> been talking about all week. And holy shit. I have never heard of such a, I've never heard so many like strong arguments from both sides of the issue. It you just mean, seems uh, like such a, are, we're, are we talking talk about Dennis Jake Paul? Right? Yeah. It's so <laughs> it's all over my Facebook feed. People are getting mad at each other. People are apparently experts on it. They know the history between the two uh, to the T they didn't just, here's what happened. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the Israel-Palestine conflict. Same thing happens anytime an event like this happens. Everybody races to watch a couple of YouTube videos and then immediately (laughs) race directly into the fray of some God-forbidden comment section on Facebook. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's terrible. They get a 20-minute education, and then they just stand by whatever that that YouTube video is talking about. And that's their final opinion. Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely not a good place to go to get enlightened. Uh, the comment no. sections on, any, no. <laughs> on anything about this, but uh, I thought we could do something more interesting than talking about that particular conflict, because I found this awesome paper called the world according to Osama bin Laden. Oh. And it's got a bunch of his speeches. He did speeches? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was oh, are you pre-tape. talking about the cave videos? Uh, no, these are pre-cave, I think. I'm not, I'm not sure when these were. I'm not sure where. Pre- no, no, these kind of, no, these are probably in caves. Yeah. Pre-cave. Caves. In caves. Okay. Definitely. So yeah. I think speech, I think, in front of a large audience that's in the room like in like oh, actually no, like no, a no, speech no. in front of a crowd no he would record record tapes he would like record a speech ah um, what a pussy too scared of public speaking <laughs> yeah he was an introvert yeah um, <laughs> um yeah so so this is like a paper i guess that was written right after the september 11th attacks in the uh naval war college review Hmm. Which I guess is like a, I read that weekly actually. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's a authorized by the U S Naval war college. So I guess it's some U S Navy thing. Okay. Um, so pretty official, but anyway, let's start. Um, this first one, this speech was from August 23, 1996. And it is called Declaration of War Against the Americans Occupying the Land of the Two Holy Places. So wait, when was this published? 
missed that. August 23, 1996. 96. Okay. So five years before the attack. Yeah. <laughs> this is five years pre pre nine nine eleven. <laughs> um okay, so here's we'll just like do it bit by bit. Okay. Um I don't know why you find that so funny. Oh what, that it was five years pre pre attack? Yeah. Should we say PA? Yes, we should. Five five PA. PA and then no, because then post attack it's also PA. Ah, damn. <laughs> we'll do it. Okay. This is uh, this is five years two up, and then after it'll be two down. Okay, I don't think I get that, but that's two towers really need... up, two <laughs> oh. towers down. Okay, so this is this is five pre pre down. What, what is down. this? Right, no, this is five years two up. Five years two up. August no, no, that doesn't make any sense at all. Fuck, we got to figure out. All right, we're just going to say pre and post 9-11. Fuck it. <laughs> okay, this is go. five years pre-9-11. All right. <clears throat> uh, the, the, okay, so this is the first bit. So this is one of his first uh, speeches, and these are the two speeches that the author of this says. You have to know these speeches to understand the philosophical worldview of Osama bin Laden and why he thought terrorism was okay. Okay. And so it's it's good to read this so that you know how not to think like Osama bin Laden. Well, I wasn't I don't think I've ever been accused of thinking like Osama bin Laden. I don't think that we have <laughs> a, any similar we didn't have a very similar upbringing. Uh, I think he cares about or cared about things that I don't give a shit about. Um, but you can never be too careful. So let's do mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And the, the author of this says um, that you have to understand the worldview of Osama bin Laden so that you can learn how to defeat him. I see. And what he stands for. Know, know thy enemy, right? Right. Keep your enemies <laughs> close and your enemies, your, yeah, keep, your, keep them close. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Keep everyone keep close. <laughs> keep everyone close. Everyone needs to be close. Yeah. Okay. Um, the people of Islam have suffered from aggression, iniquity, and injustice imposed on them by the Zionist Crusaders Alliance and their collaborators. To the extent that the Muslims' blood became the cheapest and their wealth was loot in the hands of enemies, their blood was spilled in Palestine and Iraq. The horrifying pictures of the massacre of Kana in Lebanon are still fresh in our memory. Massacres in Tajikistan, Burma, Kashmir, Assam, the Philippines, Somalia, Chechnya, and Bosnia-Herzegovina took place. Massacres that send shivers in the body and shake the conscience. End quote. Yeah, see, I'm not privy to any of those massacres. So <laughs> that tells you uh, how out of the loop I am uh, of Bin Laden's loop. You're not subscribed to Bin Laden, YouTube? No, I am not. <laughs> Daily I updates, ring that bell. tend to keep my circle small, you know? Ah, like, like Drake, famously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it might be the only thing I have in common with Drake. <laughs> uh yeah no new um, friends ever that like for the rest of the time that's pretty crazy it's great that's, that's, that's wild that's wild is that what it means i don't he doesn't make new friends no. well that's what the song mm. no new friends no new new that means uh, uh you know he doesn't trust anyone because he's famous now and he doesn't know if they have sincere motives i'm assuming i don't fucking know wow we should ask his ghost writers <laughs> yeah um Okay, yeah. So a bunch of massacres. Um, so, so these. Uh, so remember, this is called declaration of war against the Americans, right? So the Americans did not directly commit any of these massacres that he's talking about. So you might think America could not be blamed for them, but Bin Laden says actually, yes, you can blame America for them. Um, for example, 
he like the one he mentioned the Kana in Lebanon. So this was a a massacre that happened according to this article after an Israeli operation called Grapes of Wrath that used American weapons. Um they really called it would, Grapes of Wrath? Yeah. Isn't Desert that like a Storm. TV show? No, uh, Grapes of Wrath is a novel by John Steinbeck. Oh. I think it means revenge. In a, in a I see, I see, I see. <laughs> uh, like you, first you have the wine or the grapes of fun. I don't, I don't know how it works, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I would assume it was just you give someone grapes and you think it's, you know, a nice gesture, but they're grapes of wrath. So they're Maybe full you, like, of poison. smack them with the grapes or something. <laughs> you want some grapes? Yeah. Psh. With some wrath on top. With some wrath. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so he's blaming, uh, he blames the Americans for not preventing these massacres, etc. Yeah. So what do you think? Is he justified? Should he, can you blame the Americans for these massacres? Maybe they occurred. Like, cause there were lots of Muslims killed in, in wars. So what? The only and, thing uh, that the Chechen Americans contributed were weapons? Yeah, they would contribute weapons or like prop up the the regime, not like call for regime change, that kind of thing. Who per- sorry, who 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 uh who who launched this? Was this the Israelis or these are just like a whole like he listed like a whole grab bag of different conflicts. Uh-huh. Um, like Chechnya, Bosnia like for example, Chechnya, right, Russia killed lots of um Chechen Muslims. Afghanistan as well. Who was shooting? Who was doing the killing of the Muslims in the uh, Grapes of Wrath operation? Let's look it up. Like, who was America giving these weapons to? And did America give them the weapons, oh, well, or did well, they Israel, have the weapons? Oh, from... Israel, Israel. Okay. Um, America gives Israel like most of its weapons. Yeah, it was IDF. Uh, yeah. Man, I'm going to get on a fucking watch list Googling all this stuff. <laughs> uh, is there uh, something covering your microphone by chance? You're sounding a little muffled to me. Oh, no, maybe I was too close to it. Is that better? Yeah, you might, yeah, yeah. It's just, you got to just project a little bit from further away, I think. All right. Um, oh, Israeli helicopter attacked an ambulance. Okay, whatever. Bunch of people killed. Okay. Uh, he's, he blames it on America. So he blames these killings of civilians on, on America. Yes. They basically saying like they stood by and did nothing while this happened. Right. Or directly contributed the weapons that were used. So they're, they're blameworthy to some extent. He's saying so far, maybe we can all agree with him. Um, maybe that's true. I mean, okay, yeah, next I one. mean, <laughs> the Americans are far from having their uh, hands clean uh, in the world's yeah. violence. Yeah, that's for sure true. Um, but uh, as we see, he has a bigger gripe. He's a, he's a, he thinks something is even worse is going on. Um, and that is that the there are American troops in Saudi Arabia. This is uh, their American at the time of this writing. There, America had bases in Saudi Arabia with U.S. troops stationed there as part of like the geopolitical oil situation. Okay, and uh, because he blames America and its military for killing uh, civilians and aiding and abetting the killing of Muslims, he is saying that their presence of their troops in the like super holy area of Islam, Saudi Arabia is very bad. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So here's the next part of the speech. Uh, Everyone has agreed that the situation cannot be rectified unless the root of the problem is tackled. Hence it is essential to hit the main enemy who divided the Islamic world into small and little countries and pushed it for the last few decades into a state of confusion. The Zionist Crusader Alliance moves quickly to contain and abort any corrective movement appearing in the Islamist countries. 
what does he consider to be correct of movement like becoming uh more fundamental or <laughs> yeah, becoming yeah, just more wealthy because like islam hasn't really had like a reform at any point has it um well so there's like the sunni shia split and yeah uh, so iran is ruled by shia like a shia theocracy and they did make a big reform in like how the the way the religious laws are like change over time like legal precedents and stuff like that yeah um so there is there is like some reforms and stuff going on uh but he's mainly so mainly his point is that or like the islamic fundamentalists they thought that islam like the islamic countries like iraq iran syria they thought all these countries are super weak because they couldn't defeat israel in 19 uh whatever Mm -hmm. they all like tried to attack israel and stop it from becoming a state and were defeated right israel took them all along that time right yeah took all of them on once defeated them um and so they all those countries thought like okay this is a fucking catastrophe we yeah. need to modernize. Um, but modernization didn't seem to help them at all. And they were still weak. And so the question then became, and they were still, they felt getting bullied by America. Yeah. Um, and so they thought, okay, we have, so the third option. So then it became two different choices. Do we modernize even more and better? Because they still can't beat Israel in a war. <laughs> yeah. Or um or do they abandon modernization and turn to islamic fundamentalism well that seems to be what they did right because didn't iran used no, to be no, like not a... at all actually no oh no um saudi arabia qatar dubai um iraq Syria, all these countries uh stamped out as much as possible islamic fundamentalism interesting see i didn't know this yeah most of those almost all those rulers right like uh saddam right the only reason that guy was not taken out by islamic fundamentalists was because he had such a tight security apparatus right and same with syria same with saudi arabia same with all these countries they keep that shit down because they, right. it's not good for business and they're all about business yeah so they really do try to keep it down, but the culture is so divided on this issue because it's it's a religious issue, and the distinction between church and state is a lot less is a lot less than it is in, like, for example, like France. Right. But maybe not so different from how some people would like it to be in the states. Yeah, man. Fuck, I hate religion so much. <laughs> It, it is like the main problem with humanity right now. What? I think uh, Fauci is the main problem with humanity. Fauci? <laughs> Fauci? Uh, no. No, 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 no. It's the way that religion manipulates someone's, a human's mind into thinking in such a small little box that is a huge issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah luckily not as big of an issue as it once was i mean don't get me wrong religion definitely helped humanity reach uh a certain point that it wouldn't have been able to reach without it or at least maybe not as quickly but holy crap that has got to be one of the most fucking obsolete inventions <laughs> we've ever had at this point yeah it was I, I like it i like it better when religion was like like what's the weather gonna be like tomorrow let's cut open a goat and see what its intestines do. <laughs> yeah. That's back when it was fun and necessary because we needed something to make sense of this world. Right. We have yeah. science now. Does anyone fucking realize what they're holding in their hand all day? Did God make that? No. Like does people, the people. It's so crazy though, that like the fundamentalists, the one thing they do embrace about the West is technology. 
Technology, yeah. That's like <laughs> they they will like accept any science that will give them new technology, but they won't listen to scientists on anything that goes like if it even so familiar. It, eh? <laughs> it's so annoying, man. It's so annoying. It is so goddamn annoying. And I don't even care. Like believe in God, whatever you want to do, be religious. But to have this desire and this uh, innate belief that everyone that doesn't have your religion is completely off the mark or completely wrong or delusional or in extreme cases less than human and need to die. It's like, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus himself would be like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, he would drop I mean... his first ever recorded F-bomb if he came to back to planet back to the planet that's the problem that's the problem with like uh the religion's texts and then what the people do with it like there have been a ton of people killed in the name of jesus and (laughs) it's very clear not to kill (laughs) yeah anyway (laughs) but um (laughs) i saw a guy on youtube the other day who's like actually uh it says not to murder okay to kill if it's justified is not murder and that was his way uh, around it so well that's that, that's, that's what like, everyone who who kills what they have to say they just bend the text into whatever supports what they want to do it's it's plain yeah. as day yep um yep exactly uh okay so so we've established that so far his his speech is saying look america you are you've been pillaging our countries taking our oil taking our oil um <laughs> You've been uh, you've been abetting the horrible treatment of Palestinians by Israel, and um, you have troops in our holy land. On top of it all, you got to get out. Yeah, um, I mean Israel. You've been to Israel, <laughs> right? Oh yeah, yeah. What? I okay, have, here's a question for you: If you just were a random person, and you you stumbled into, you overlooked, you, you're on a hillside and you were looking over the land of Israel, or you're on a hillside looking over the Okanagan Valley. Which one would you consider to be the promised land if you didn't know? Who? Um, well, it depends on where you are in Israel. Right. If you are at the Sea of Galilee, it makes sense. Is it, that, is it beautiful there? It's nice. It is really beautiful, yeah. Is it BC beautiful though? It's different. It actually is kind of similar to BC. Like that's what I thought when I went there. Is I thought, oh, it's kind of similar. It's dry. It's kind of arid, but there's water. There's fresh water all over the place. Um, they have a lot of lakes. Yeah, Sea of Galilee for one. Uh, <laughs> um, Jordan River, the Jordan River. Uh-huh. Uh, right, my namesake. <laughs> I guess all the all the small. all of the footage and and uh, photograph I've seen from that area just seems like flat desert. The parts of it are are very arid and, and rough, um, but but parts of it are really really beautiful. And even lush? the Dead Sea is, is nice. Uh, oases are lush, yeah, and they have irrigation and stuff, so it's like palm trees everywhere. Uh, Interesting, it's great. Is it yeah. promised land good though? I mean, it's super developed and densely populated, so it's not like untapped nature. It's not like when Moses first saw it. Ah. Or whatever he saw. Didn't he see like giants running around or something? Yeah, they say that there was giants and there was milk and honey flowing, but I don't know about that. Yeah, anyway. There's a resurgence in the belief of giants thanks to TikTok and all these other brain-mushing apps. Okay, yeah. All right, so... um. Next part of the speech, we can we can just get through this. He just talks, uh, he's talking shit about the U.S. military here. Um, we say to the defense secretary that his talk can induce a grieving mother to laughter. Where was this false courage of yours when the explosion in Beirut took place in 1983? You were turned into scattered pits and pieces at that time. 241 mainly Marine soldiers were killed. And where was this courage of yours when two explosions made you leave Aden in less than 24 hours? But your most disgraceful case was in Somalia, where after vigorous propaganda about the power of the USA and its post-Cold War leadership of the New World Order, 
You move tens of thousands of an international force, including 28,000 American soldiers, into Somalia. However, when 10 of your soldiers were killed in minor battles and one American pilot was dragged in the streets of Mogadishu, you left the area carrying disappointment, humiliation, defeat, and your dead with you. You have been disgraced by Allah and you withdrew. The extent of your impotence and weakness became very clear. End quote. Ooh, those are fighting words. Those are fighting words. <laughs> fighting words. I know those. He's referencing Black Hawk Down. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. okay. I've never seen that movie. But it reminded me a lot of the shit talk between Logan Paul and Dylan Dennis, and those were fighting <laughs> words. So, Yeah. Um, okay, we'll move on to the next part. Uh, nevertheless, it must be obvious to you that due to the imbalance of power between our armed forces and the enemy forces, a suitable means of fighting must be adopted. That is, using fast-moving light forces that work under complete secrecy. In other words, to initiate a guerrilla war, where the sons of the nation and not the military forces take part in it. And as you know, it is wise in the present circumstances for the armed military forces not to be engaged in a, conven in a conventional fight with the forces of the crusader enemy. So that was a nice way to say terrorism, right? Yeah. Yeah, terrorism, um, which he was already engaged in. Um, but now he's, he's calling for it again. Um, the sons of the nation. So if you're not in the army, if you're just an ordinary person, you should get involved. Yeah. Um, so far, nothing about killing uh, civilians. So let's move on. The evidence. So here's his next quote. Part of the same speech. Almost done. Actually, sorry, this is the last uh, this is the last paragraph of this first speech. Okay. Quote, the evidence overwhelmingly shows America and Israel killing the weaker men, women, and children in the Muslim world and elsewhere. A few examples of this are seen in the recent Kana massacre in Lebanon and the death of more than 600,000 Iraqi children because of the shortage of food and medicine which resulted from the boycotts and sanctions against the Muslim Iraqi people. Not to forget the dropping of the atom bombs on cities with their entire populations of children, elderly and women, on purpose and in a premeditated manner, as was the case with Hiroshima and Nagasaki. End quote. Yeah, those are pretty bad. Those are pretty rough. Uh... I mean, he's pointing out a lot of glaring uh, infractions. <laughs> yeah. Um, not saying I'm on his side. <laughs> well, but... I'm just going to fact check the Iraqi children one. But yeah, man, uh... dropping a nuke on a fully populated city is such an extreme measure it's like insane to think about in modern times like the amount of like outrage and like uh kind of like pushback just from hearing that israel was gonna cut off water to gaza can you imagine i mean dropping a nuke on a populated city right now would just be like so many degrees worse than anything else that's happened since the last nuke was dropped that it would just grind the world to a halt. Yeah. Or, uh, or set it on fire. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it um, would be, I think that's like, you know, Lots of people, they watch protests from their TV screen. They don't actually participate. I think that would be something that would draw everybody into the streets and be like, this is bad. Yeah. Yeah, super bad. Um, mm -hmm. And fact check, that figure might be a little high, but yeah, it's the food and sanctions, the sanctions to food and the sanctions causing food and medicine shortages did lead to hundreds of thousands of deaths. Brutal. Of Iraqi children, yeah. So, um, and just the author points out here that 
uh, in his declaration of war against the United States, bin Laden did not target American civilians, only U.S. military personnel stationed in Saudi Arabia. However, the author says that was to change dramatically. Oh, yeah, I think we all know that. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, so the next speech is called the Declaration of the World Islamic Front on February 2020, February 22, 1998. So three, three years pre 9-11? Yeah. Pre-9, pre-9-11. Pre-9-11s. Um, it's really hard to give it a this one's really nickname. short. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this is, this is a short one. So he offers three main reasons why America is to be considered an enemy of Islamic peoples. So that by Islamic peoples, that means Muslims everywhere, not just people in Saudi Arabia or the Middle East. Yeah. Okay. First. Isn't Drake a Muslim? Um, a lot of rappers yeah, convert to Islam. Yeah. Going, I'm, just gonna, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to check. How many yeah. rap, okay. Which rappers? Okay. First, more than seven years in the more for more than seven years the united states has been occupying the lands of islam in the holiest of its territories arabia plundering its riches overwhelming its rulers humiliating its people threatening its neighbors and using its bases in the peninsula as a spearhead to fight against the neighboring islamic peoples did you get that one uh Hang on a sec. French Montana, Busta <laughs> Rhymes. Whoa. Fuck off. This can't be right. 17 French best Montana. Muslim rappers. Okay. French Montana, Freeway, uh, Busta Rhymes, Ice Cube. A lot of these uh, guys are just saying they're Islam Ice for some Cube? sort of. Yeah. Ice Cube's a Trump supporter. Swiss Beats. <laughs> Q-Tip, T-Pain, oh Rakim, that one I can believe, Beanie Siegel, uh, Beanie DJ Siegel. Khaled, uh, Lil Dirk. <laughs> Lil Dirk? What? Most Def, uh, <laughs> Talib Kweli, yeah. uh, Ghostface Killa, what? Big Daddy Kane, Lupe Fiasco. I really don't think they're practicing, though. I think they're just saying they're Islamic, but I, I don't well, know. There, there's I, degrees. There's degrees of of Muslim, just like there are of Christian. It's just for whatever reason, being a Muslim has a lot more street street cred than being a Christian. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to change that. The Christians are trying to change that. They're, yeah. they're getting better fashion. They're trying to dress more street fashion. But yeah. Uh, I saw like it, an ad for like a street gang, but it was like a Jesus street gang. Oh, I've seen a bunch of uh, yeah. Jesus, like uh, apparel brands that are making uh, Jesus cool Jesus shirts now. It's like, yeah. man, it's just it's just so it's just so disappointing to me that it's still such a force in our society. Anyways, let's get through this. Tell me I when Ob so Osama. I almost called him Obama. <laughs> <laughs> They are the same person, actually. Yeah. Well, if you um, believe a lot of, I mean, I bet you that's one of the Q drops said that. At Q. <laughs> Q. Uh, There's a Q drop okay. tonight. Everybody get online. Oh, shit. Um, okay. Second quote Despite the immense destruction inflicted on the Iraqi people at the hands of the Crusader Jewish Alliance, and in spite of the appalling number of dead exceeding a million, the Americans, nevertheless, in spite of all of this, are trying once more to repeat this dreadful slaughter. They come again today to destroy what remains of this people and to humiliate their Muslim neighbors. Boom. Third. Yeah, he's the fired purposes, up. He's fired up. Well, the purposes of the Americans in these wars are religious and economic. They also serve the petty state of the Jews to direct attention from their occupation of Jerusalem and the killing of Muslims in it. There is no better proof of all of this than their eagerness to destroy Iraq, the strongest of the neighboring Arab states, and their attempt to dismember all the states of the region, such as Iraq and Saudi Arabia and Egypt and Sudan, into petty states 
whose division and weakness would ensure the survival of Israel and the continuation of the calamitous crusader occupation of the lands of Arabia. I mean, he's got a decent vocab. Uh, I know he's, I know he's like educated in like Ivy league. No, 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 no. Isn't he? Or is that a myth? No, no. His father was a billionaire um, in the construction industry in Saudi Arabia. But he he was, Osama bin Laden is one of 54 children. Holy Moses. (laughs) He did not know his dad at all, really. (laughs) I thought he went to school in uh, England or something. No, I think, no, he went to school in Saudi Arabia, I believe. Ah, all right. Well, this is why I don't Well educated, yeah. I've tried to get out of the habit of spreading things that I think I heard sometime. No, two of his wives had PhDs. So there was education in the family. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Two Uh, of his wives. Two of his wives. (sighs) Two Uh, of how many? Doctors. Multiple. Multiple. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What's this war really about, Osama? Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah, man. <laughs> you can do that in America. You know, it's legal. Oh, no. Polygamy is illegal, right? Uh, yes, it? I believe it. it's illegal besides like, I mean, Utah? yeah, I think it's illegal. Utah would be the place I think that it's still legal or is at least mm-hmm. in a gray area. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, anyway, here's, I think polygamy is one of these things that sounds great on paper when you initially think about it. And then, yeah. and, but in practice, it's probably got to be a nightmare. Yeah. Okay, so here's the final, the end of the speech or the declaration is a fatwa or a ruling as if you were like a judge. Right. Um, To kill Americans and their allies, both civil and military, is an individual duty of every Muslim who is able in any country where this is possible until the Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem and the Haram Mosque in Mecca are freed from their grip and until their armies shattered and broken winged depart from all the lands of Islam, incapable of threatening any Muslim. Whew, that's a blanket call, hey? Uh, anyone that's a Muslim in a non-Muslim country that's allied and, with the U.S. should kill people. Yeah. And here's uh, here's another quote of him. Uh Speaking is Mecca, about, um, is Mecca in, in not in a Muslim-controlled country? It's in Saudi Arabia. But his point is that there are U.S. troops. In oh, addition right. to like all of the humiliation and the, yeah, yeah. the pillaging resources and all that, there are actually infidel American soldiers mm. in our holiest place. Right. Crazy. Um, here's another quote. Uh We do not differentiate between those dressed in military uniforms and civilians. They are all targets in this fatwa. American history does not distinguish between civilians and military, not even women and children. They are the ones who use bombs against Nagasaki. Can these bombs distinguish between infants and military? America does not have a religion that will prevent it from destroying all people. End quote. So he thinks that religion is the only thing that stops a group of people from going on a murderous, uh, uh, you know, crusade of destruction. I mean, it didn't stop them in the actual crusades. I know. It doesn't stop them ever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So so what's his argument? Um, His argument is... Is twofold. On the one hand, he's saying it's necessary for us to do this um, because of like the atro- the atrocities that are being committed against us. It's necessary for us to expel these people from our lands. So the point of his attacks is saying he's saying is the point of these terrorist attacks is to get the Americans to leave Saudi Arabia and to get the zion crusaders out of israel Hmm. that's what he's saying the point is get them out of these places by using violence to make the cost too high for the americans so that they are forced to leave and his moral justification is again partly that it's like retribution uh that's justified to protect 
uh, civilians. And it's also justified, he seems to say, because they also do it too. Well, my memory is a little foggy, but didn't if his goal is to use terrorism to get Americans to leave, I don't know if that's what happened after 9-11, but I think that a bunch of Americans went there. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of the irony of this pre-9-11 thing, is he <laughs> is not seeing it coming at all. <laughs> I think there's a lot more Americans there now than there were before. He is, I, he is saying I mean, this, like he's saying, I figured out how to do it, and he has not seen it coming at all. He did, uh, the results did not uh, were not as advertised. No, no. His idea was if we just do terrorism enough, the U.S. is going to be like, all right, all right, we'll leave. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're sorry. Well, because remember, right, he, he like did all that shit talk about the Secretary of State. Right. Well, he was like, they're pussies, right? He's like, oh, they killed 10 people in a Black Hawk and now you guys are leaving. That's probably what I have to do. You you, you and McGregor got got scraped and now you guys are fleeing. I mean, Uh, it makes a little bit more sense if you're doing these attacks in American occupied uh, Muslim nations, right? They get the fuck out. We're just going to kill you and keep killing you until you leave. But to fly planes into the two greatest towers in the American country and expect them to be like, well, we should definitely get our troops out because we don't want that to happen again. That's what they thought the response was going to be. Yeah, that was that was the plan. Um, He never uh, he actually denied initially denied responsibility for 9-11. I don't know if he ever took responsibility for it or not. But uh, they definitely got him, ladies and gentlemen. But anyway, uh, they went in there so and they got him. I, I just want to. I think that it's good to like read his speech and hear his like his anger, how he's like listing litanies of atrocities that he says were committed against Muslims by, and then he uses monoliths like the Jews and the Americans, as if they're all exactly the same, every which way you cut them. Yeah, I mean that's that's step one of religion. Everything that's not yours is some is the other, and it's all yeah. one thing. If people, I just wish people could just one for one day, the entire world, just one day, just try, just try atheism, just one day, just one day of atheism, see how you feel. Yeah, there will always be things to fight over, um, but I, I know, I, but. I at least those would have to be justified with a little bit more logic. Yeah, so like so his arguments are so similar to the arguments um that you see to, to always are similar to arguments that you see to justify killing civilians. Yeah. It's always to it's always like listing litanies of atrocities that have been committed. Mm-hmm. It's talking about how they don't belong. They're not. They shouldn't be here. This is our place historically. This is yeah. where we are from. Blah blah blah. Um, and then when it's like, well, why are you killing? Why are you going to kill so many people who just maybe want to live normal lives, like watch soccer game, eat a shawarma, yell at Cristiano Ronaldo or something? Mm-hmm. Um, and then they say, it's well, they, they killed. They killed civilians too. They do it too. So we. Everybody's got blood on their, especially in the Middle East. I feel like, well, I mean, America has a lot lots of, blood of people. In their lots of people don't. Lots of people there were born before any of these this shit started, and they're just caught in the middle of it. They just want to live normal lives. And well, I mean, that's probably probably ninety percent of humanity is falls yeah. under that c- category. Yeah, and they don't they don't deserve to die. No that's, one that has it like no just innocent civilian deserves to die. No, no, not at all. And yeah, anyway, but you can see how people get led down that path of radicalization by focusing, focusing on atrocities and focusing on it past injustices and thinking yeah, that well, it's the eye for an eye. Out. It's the eye for an eye. Yeah. 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 You got to turn the other cheek. Yeah. I don't know about that either. Uh, <laughs> eye for an eye is not a good, uh, not a good system. No, no. Leaves the whole world blind is the end of that. <laughs> what movie was it where the guy's like, was that Seven Psychopaths where he's like, 
No. There would be one guy left with one eye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, there would be one guy left. <laughs> that movie is so good. Did you see that in theaters with me? Uh, I can't I think, remember. I think me, I you, know. and Zach went. I remember oh, laughing. <laughs> That's like the hardest I laughed in a theater, a movie theater, especially that shootout <laughs> at the end. Holy fuck. Or sorry, him talking about the shootout around the campfire. Sam Rockwell. That was Sam Rockwell at, in in his purest form for me. Oh yeah, that movie yeah. was so good. All right, well that's our uh, that's our episode. Uh, wish the uh, only the best here on out for anyone that's in a war zone. Um, <laughs> it just it's yes. it's it's I shout mean, out to my cousins of, in Israel. Yeah, um, maybe they can maybe they can sway the tides of this somehow. I don't know. They'll, a lot of people are going to die, and it's not going to make anyone feel better long term. So they'll probably have to be called up, actually. But you uh, think so? Oh yeah, yeah. They already called up three hundred thousand people. Jesus. Well, yeah. hopefully they're all good. Yeah. Uh, that's a great time to. We'll leave it at that <laughs> ominous <laughs> statement. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Happy Halloween. See you next week. Bye. See ya. See ya.